The words we hear in today's scripture are familiar to most of us. We hear these words often at weddings. Where you go, I will go. This commitment and love, followed by a somewhat fairy tale after, can easily be misconstrued as a simple tale of love conquering all. I think it's interesting that the lectionary, though, cuts this story off right at the beginning. While we know that later on, Ruth will go on to marry Boaz and become one of Jesus's ancestors. For today, all that Ruth and Naomi know is that they are without food, without husbands or children, and setting off to travel alone as widows to get to Bethlehem. When reading this scripture more closely through Naomi's eyes, I get the distinct impression that she is having none of it. She is over the hunger and the moving around and the loss. She feels that God has abandoned her and is at the point where she wants everyone else to leave her alone too. Our text ends when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her she said no more to her. This line is often overlooked, but it feels like maybe Naomi is just tired of arguing with Ruth. Maybe she's thinking, okay, you can come along, but we're not going to get chatty here. I'm sad, and I am tired, and I don't have anything more to give right now. Whenever I have experienced a loss, the last thing that I wanted someone to tell me was it's going to be okay. Because in that moment, that it will be okay doesn't really matter. The fact is, it's not okay. It's not okay when your friend or your parent or your spouse dies. It's not okay when you lose your job. It's not okay when you go through a divorce or when a global pandemic shuts the world down. These are tragedies, and when they hit, we have to be allowed to experience them. This is one of the things that I love the most about the book of Ruth. Ruth and Naomi don't shy away from the grief that they are experiencing or the fear of what might lie ahead. Naomi is completely open with others about her grief. Later in the story, she even tells people to name her Mara or Bitter instead of Naomi because life has been so hard to her. As Megan Fullerton Strollo writes, (coughs) to read the book of Ruth as Naomi's story is to read a story of grace that holds space for grief and doubt without condemnation that doesn't try to fix it. When we see grief and anger, particularly when that anger is directed toward God, we cling to the you'll be fine and things will get better soon dismissals. We try to extinguish the fiery rage of anger that grief brings, eager to put out the flames of the unfairness of it all. Naomi's story doesn't stifle the flame. It accepts the grief, the anger, the complaint. Naomi's story holds all of those feelings, even as it moves forward. 
Ruth and her companionship allows for Naomi to grieve. She doesn't try to fix things or to correct her when Naomi tells her, the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Instead, Ruth decides to accompany Naomi in this both emotional and literal journey. We learned to call this in my chaplaincy internship, the ministry of presence. Sometimes just showing up for someone and being present to their grief and pain is the best way of offering support. By validating the difficult circumstances that someone is in and the emotions that come from this, we name that it is okay not to be okay. Grief, sadness, anger, and fear are all part of the human response to the world around us. These emotions allow us to relate to one another, to have empathy, and to, on the opposite side, also feel deep love, joy, and trust. If we pay attention, we will realize that this is how God is present to us. It's tempting to want to call on God to fix everything, but that mentality can leave us disappointed and doubtful when it doesn't appear that God has answered our prayers, or at least not the way we wanted. God created the whole span of human emotion so that we could experience the world in its fullness. And God journeys alongside us, laughing and grieving as we do. When we support one another without expecting a particular right response, we show God's love in that space. In a book that mentions God but has no directly stated interactions with the divine, it is Ruth and Naomi's relationship with one another and with their individual faiths that reveals God at work in their midst. For Naomi, she names that God has given bread to Bethlehem and released it from famine, while also mourning that she feels God has turned against her. In all of this, Naomi stresses that God is in their midst and feels free to express her grief and frustration at God. Ruth, in turn, does not try to correct or explain the situation, but instead proclaims, your God will be my God. As Patricia Tall writes, Ruth will worship the God that Naomi believes abandoned her. Ruth holds Naomi's faith, allowing Naomi to doubt and wrestle freely, always with the assurance that she is not alone. And so they begin their journey for Naomi back home and for Ruth to a place she's never been, but with a faith and a community that have become home for her. Life, looking, life moving forward looks different after these moments. A return to normal, perhaps, but in ways that we can no longer expect or predict. We've talked a lot about the new normal this past year and a half, wondering what schools and church and social gatherings will be like. Will we wear masks whenever someone is sick? Will people permanently work remotely more often? 
Will toddlers and young kids be forever changed with their socialization because of a lack of interaction? Will adults be changed socially forever, learning to say no more often and spending more time at home? We've seen responses to some of these questions already, but with the pandemic still swinging back and forth, it remains to be seen what normal will look like in the future. We have, as a society, been permanently altered because of the collective and individual traumas that we've gone through. And this trauma does not go away. It imprints upon us as we learn to live again in the spaces that we once knew. We carry with us the stories that have built our lives and created our character. Anytime we go through a major life change, positive or negative, it alters what our future will look like. As Naomi returned to Bethlehem after a lifetime of hardship since she was last there, she would be greeted by familiar faces and her old home. And yet, both it and she were different than they were before. In her return, she was met with the unknown, something that can be both anxiety-giving and also freeing. It takes incredible bravery to continue going forward, knowing that something will feel both familiar and foreign at the same time. It's in this same spirit that the founders of the Reformation began their own transformation. Moving away from the hierarchical structure that limited who could read and teach scripture, the reformers wanted to move forward in a way that, in their perspective, actually took the church back to its early roots, while simultaneously adapting it for the world that existed in the moment. The catchphrase, reformed and always reforming, speaks to the importance of learning from and respecting the past and letting those lessons shape how we continue to grow into our future. In this sense, we are continually turning and returning both towards God and one another. So many in our world are going through these difficult journeys each day, leaning on God and their community to help when it feels like all is lost. Immigrants and refugees across the world flee violence and poverty to attempt a new life in a place that it seems like Bethlehem, that God is favoring, seeking rest and certainty for themselves and their families. Patrick Otuma and Glenn Jordan co-authored the book Borders and Belonging to explore how the Book of Ruth interacts with the immigration crisis on the U.S.-Mexico border and with the continued conflict in Northern Ireland. For them, the stories of Ruth and Naomi disrupt narratives about immigration and open our eyes to how individuals can use kindness, leadership, and relationship to work towards the repairing of the world. They note these new stories are not told on the level of nation states or whole people groups, but through personal and human encounter. 
In this way, the book of Ruth demonstrates the enduring and transforming power of the incarnation. Just as Christ changed the world through becoming enfleshed, so too can we work towards the transforming of the world by recognizing the humanity that draws us all together. By listening to the stories of those who are hurting, we make people more than a news headline. Instead, we begin to see one another, regardless of circumstances, as beloved children of God. When we lean into the incarnational, uh, incarnational nature of this life, recognizing that our bodies and blood are connected to Christ's body and blood, it brings new meaning to the words, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Our lives and our salvation are wrapped up in one another's. So wherever you are today, may you be assured that God is with you in this space. Strollo comments, the good news of the book of Ruth is that blessings can still come even when we are in the midst of grief and the throes of anger and frustration. And Naomi's story also teaches us that if we're not ready to acknowledge those blessings, it's okay. In today's psalm, which was our prayer of the day, we hear the promise that the Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. God upholds the orphan and the widow. In Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us, we see how Christ's incarnational nature cares for those in the world who are tired and weary. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are called upon to continue this work in the world. We do not know where we are going, but we know that we go together and with God. Amen. <laughs>